Welcome to Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast. This is B And this is L. And welcome to our second episode. We're super excited. Uh, yeah. We hope you guys listened to the first one and that you liked it. Yeah. Um, and we hope you went on some, you know, Tinder dates or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this week, we're going to be talking uh, something about something a little bit different on the same note, but about long-term relationships, long-distance relationships, and kind of the transition I think a lot of us have when you're leaving college and you've been dating that person you've been dating in college for a couple years, and then um, kind of the transition to the real world, like post-grad world, and how it is for both of you, and if those relationships last. Uh, for ours, they didn't. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you can learn a little bit of, about a long-term relationship from this. And if yours is working, good for you. <laughs> and uh, if not, we're here to take you through the next one. Yeah, how to get back in? Yeah. So um, I guess we can start with uh, what was your longest relationship, Elle? All right. So um, I started dating uh, someone from my hometown actually um, after my freshman year, and we. Again, dated on and off, broke up like at least once a year. But, oh my god, um, more! <laughs> I was there. Total. It was like a never-ending saga, and then we finally had a hard, hard cut off um, and ended things for good about a year and a half ago now. Congratulations! Thank you. It was it was nice giving it the final <laughs> final break. Um, so. Yeah, um, my last long-term relationship was three and a half years, and that was with um, my boyfriend from college. We met there at college, and we dated pretty much the entire time. Um, I met him. I started that school in September, October, and we ended up like you know dating in January, so four months. And then I was became that person who was in a long-term relationship, and uh, my college wasn't you know, uh, in America, <laughs> so I think I can say that. And yeah, so a lot of my friends that knew me is the person that I am, which is like that single crazy friend who's always like going out and like cooking up with guys. I feel like that was like kind of a little bit of my reputation. And it's so that, funny because it was mine too. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, to go into like a different country and like meet all these new people and then have them all know me as this person who's in a long-term relationship it was almost like an identity crisis when I come home and I feel like I I don't know I just I felt weird and different I didn't feel like I loved it I loved every point of it but um I feel like my defaultness is like singleness singleness I don't know that's sad <laughs> and do you feel like now after that you're more of like a relationship person I think I am. I think I like things that you get only exclusively in relationships, like cuddling and someone making you like a cup of tea and like doing stuff with you and yeah. supporting you in your career and like and listening to all your stupid stories, like no matter how yeah. little and unimportant they are. And it's it's been bad, actually. It's made me like I've had to change the way I act when I date, because when I like date someone, I just am always like now a thoughtful person like I would just like want to get them like a glass of water or like often to do them do something for them and if you do that like on a first or second date or with like someone you're just sleeping around with it gives them the perception that you're like trying to like lock them down yeah and like put a label on this which is not the case at all but like it's also one of those things you can't be too good of a person yeah but after a while it's I mean after having been in a long-term relationship it's just kind of habit yeah and I feel like that definitely hindered my like 
dating when I was first single again, because I was like looking at all of my kind of casual dating relationships, um, under that like relationship lens and like acting girlfriendy without realizing it. And I think it scared a couple guys away. Yeah. Honestly. It does scare guys away. I mean, which is really stupid because what you're, I'm sorry. I'm feeding you like a, like a human being yeah, like that not I care as about. Bad to meet. <laughs> um, but guys don't always want to be treated with respect and, uh, where are they looking for a fuck girl? Yeah. I, it's, it's that line too. I mean, I don't want to go back into being like a single person because we're focused on relation, relationships this episode. So, um, we're going to talk about, I guess the breakup. Yeah. Uh, let's just get into it. Let's Cause just, we can talk for ages about there. why it's good to be in a relationship. We right. all know why it's great to have a boyfriend. Right. But like what happens after Yeah, <laughs> and you make this massive leap because I don't know. I feel like, when you break up with someone, you're not just breaking up with them. If you've dated them for years, you're breaking up with their friends and their family. And then your, your, sh- your shared friends and, yeah. and even like places like you're, mm. you're dividing up. It's almost like a weird, like divorce where you're like, you know, dividing up the places that you liked to go. And like, I find myself still avoiding places that I would go to with my boyfriend because I'm like, does he still go here? Like, right. is this his territory or is it mine? And, um, yeah, that's a whole process too. Yeah. It sucks. Um, so I think with both these ex-boyfriends we're talking about, our family was definitely met them, knew them. Yeah. I mean, when, when you get, I mean, in a three year relationship, if they haven't, if you haven't met the family and vice versa yet, there's, they think something wrong there. So, um, so how was it with, you know, your family when you broke up? Um, so my family started off like really liking my boyfriend. Um, he came to like all of like the family parties and stuff. So like everyone knew him. He was just like a familiar face. Um, and when we, when we first broke up for the first time, I didn't tell any of them that we broke up and it was actually around the holidays and we still went to holidays at each other's houses, which was like weird. Um, and definitely ill-advised do not do that. Um, but then I think when I realized, like, for the last breakup, when I realized that this was going to be the final one, I was still a little hesitant to tell my family because I was like, what if we do get back together? I don't want them to hate him. Right. But once I, like, actually, like, you know, kind of came to terms with it and was like, this is for good, um, I did tell them. And it was weird for a bit. Everyone kind of looked at me like a sad lost puppy. I got that too. And, uh, yeah, that's hard because you still want to like have your head held high and, you know, not feel like everyone's like looking at you a different way, but it's, I mean, it's a real thing that happened and yeah. Getting a lot of pity, um, people sad, wanting to know what happened, especially if it ended like, I don't know, mine didn't end like with a massive, fight or anything it was kind of like a natural growing apart we ended like adults and then we talked I think there's always that you know end filter tail end of a relationship where you're still talking to each other but you know you're not dating but it's I don't know at least I had that because we were like trying to be friends right right well you were in a healthy relationship so (laughs) so mine did end in a massive fight granted my family didn't know about it so I kind of just made it seem like yeah we're you know at different points in our lives Mm -hmm. right now um but it's it's still it's weird after because your family's still always kind of asking about them like oh where's so and so and you know at, at the next like Thanksgiving everyone was like 
so why isn't he here? And I'm just like, we broke up. And yeah, like, you have short-term memory, and we broke up and like then, Thanksgiving ago. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think from then on, like, once you start bringing a guy to, like, family holidays and things like that, like, even when you go back to being single, your family's always like, are you bringing a date? And, like, Thanksgiving, you know, my family was just like, yeah, like, where's your where's your date for Thanksgiving? And I'm like, just because I was in a relationship and had someone to bring to Thanksgiving in the past doesn't mean that I'm going to always be bringing a guy. Yeah. You know? And I feel like we're, we're both minorities and I feel like white parents, they are super chill and more chill with like their kids dating so often. So it's weird for my parents. Like at first, when I first had my first boyfriend, which was in the three and a half year relationship one, they were like, Oh my God, you're dating. Like, what are you doing? And then now they're just used to it that they're like, they need someone there. They're like, okay. And, and if someone new isn't there, they're going to ask, all right, we're why not? Next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always this catch 22 where I, my mom's always like, Oh, you know, I shouldn't be going on Tinder dates. Is it a Tinder? She's like, right. Yes. Yes. I love that. <laughs> um, they're just assuming I'm always going out meeting guys. And then when I do meet a guy, they don't like them. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, then again, who gives a fuck what your parents think? Yeah. Except when they're constantly asking you about, you know, for updates. Um, but yeah, my, so my three-year relationship was actually the first guy that I introduced to my family. So, um, they, of my mom took a while to warm up to him and the idea of me having a boyfriend and everything. But, um, yeah, by, by the end of it, like it was just expected that he was like always going to be around. So, um, it is weird, like talking to my mom now about like dating and, <laughs> her being horrified at the idea of online dating, much different from your parents. I mean, my parents are still, like, not okay with I mean, I think they're okay with it because they know me. They know that I'm, like, a strong person. That I would yeah. never get, you know, axe murdered, at least not without a fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be like, they were, like, she got some good skin underneath her yeah, nails, yeah, like, yeah. in the FBI, like... <laughs> no, my mom is just um, a, a constant warrior, so I always have to, like, invent stories on how I met guys that I'm dating. Um, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, we just bumped into each other at a coffee shop, and uh, here we are dating now, and she just, I, I don't know whether it's that she actually believes it or chooses to believe it, but, um, yeah. Um, so we also want to talk about with long-term relationships, what we learned from them and what we would do better. And I think it's like, we talked about this a little bit before we started the podcast, but about wanting to not, like kind of autocorrect and once you find something you don't like in the past relationship, you're suddenly like, okay, I don't like a guy who, you know, has cats. Suddenly you're not looking at cat guys. Then you meet a guy who doesn't have a cat, but there's something else about him. Right. It's like, oh, he's not funny. Okay, but now I want someone who's funny and doesn't like cats. Okay, I met someone who's funny and doesn't like cats. And then there's something else wrong. Like, you know, there's always something wrong. And I feel like, I mean, not wrong with them. um, But maybe, like, we're always refining what we like, what we're looking for, what, what, what bullshit we can take in our bullshit threshold. So... So give us a, an actual example. What was one thing that you didn't like from your long-term relationship that now you kind of filter for? Um, one thing I really didn't like, it sounds kind of mean to say, but I really wanted someone intellectually stimulating. Um, my ex was smart, but like not as smart as me. And I think that was always hard because it was a constant educational program. It's, yeah, it felt yeah. like where 
I, I, I just didn't like it. You know, I didn't feel like it was kind of a, a exchange of ideas. I feel like it was more like me <clears throat> explaining a lot of things to him. Um, so, and also the, um, in the intellectual thing, also like funniness, like he was funny, but not hilarious. Like, <laughs> I know I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my ex wasn't very smart either. And at some points I wondered if I was dating him or parenting him, um, which was yeah. a constant joke of his family. Like it was, it was common knowledge that I was just like leagues of intelligence above him. Um, but he was cute and kind of like a lost puppy as I compared myself to earlier. I mean, I know him. So. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, you know, it was like, it was okay. in in that time, but yeah, definitely like, I could never do that again. I no. could never, like, be with someone who was just that naive in a lot of respects. And, um, yeah. Um, so then I started looking for people. Like, okay, I know I want someone who's smart moving forward 100%. But then it leads – and someone who's funny in the same sentence. So I would find the, the next guy I dated actually, like, as a boyfriend, uh, which was all for a month. He was smart. And he was funny, but he was like a lot of other things too. So it wasn't, you know, he was kind of pretentious and like up himself a little right. bit. That's really hard with smart guys sometimes. Um, I found it's like, you know, you can get smart, but like then sometimes with it, you get like the like pretentious, like I know more than you, like right. complex. Yeah. Um, and that's shitty too, because I don't want anyone, like I don't want someone talking down to me. So you have to find like that perfect level where like, the person is as smart as you, but, like, also not cocky about it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a fine line. And uh, one of the reasons why that relationship ended, because I guess he was uh, introverted, didn't want to meet my friends, and I always met his friends, always met his family. So that relationship ended um, for, like, a lot of reasons. And then the next thing I added on, I was like, okay, I need someone who's smart, and they're funny, and they're, you know, extroverted and confident, and they're not, you know, you know, they're not going to shy away from going to a party. And then I met that person and that person was like good for what it was. Um, but then we ended for another reason. And just, I mean, just again, like you keep looking for the right things and the right people. Yeah. But it's really hard when you're like redlining specific traits and then it's like, what's left. Yeah. <laughs> um, what so are, that, what are some things that, uh, about your long-term relationship? Um, so definitely like the, just, not being, you know, very intelligent. Um, that sounds really mean. I sound so mean. Fuck. I like, it sounds so mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, he knew he wasn't like exactly Einstein. He wasn't trying to, you know, be more intelligent and whatever. And that's, and that's actually the bigger picture was that, um, was the lack of ambition. That's so and, important. Ugh, that sounds shitty to say too. It just sounds like I'm just like, I don't think lack of ambition is shitty. Cause I feel like but that's a, it, it's a, a lot real, of people have that. Yeah. It was a real thing. It wasn't me thinking like, Oh, his, he wasn't setting, you know, high enough goals. It was like, he genuinely was not. And he was aware of it as well. And so it kind of, it, it created like a lot of distance and um, tension between us because I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to graduate college, move into the city as soon as possible um, you know, start my career and, you know, just, just, I, I knew what my next steps were. Um, he was kind of stuck in like the college frat boy mind mindset and, um, wasn't like so eager to graduate, wasn't like, you know, really focused on what he wanted to do next. And so that was hard. And, you know, eventually the, the final straw and reason for us splitting was that he was just not, um, he just couldn't accept that I was like already, 
working and like in my career and focused on my life and growing while he was still in that state. Yeah. So I think you really hit the nail on the head of why a lot of long-term relationships after college don't last because you're not growing at the same rate. Right. Right. And the expectations are different. And that's a lot of the reasons why mine ended too is like I, it was a question of, you know, him coming over to America and moving here and he never prioritized that. And I worked, um, at like, you know, a part-time job and I made money doing that. And it was crazy to me how he could not save money to like get a flight, cannot pay off his overdraft and all these like things that are priorities for him to move here. It wasn't like making, he wasn't making a priority and it's, you also feel the clock ticking at that time. At least I did because there's a lot of other issues like visas and things that, yeah, it was in, um, he wasn't giving enough. And I'm sorry I'm not asking you to move to, like, you know, fucking Ghana. Like, you know, yeah. I'm asking you to move to America. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, guaranteed Trump's America now. But back then it wasn't yet. Right, right. <laughs> it was still pure in some ways. <laughs> so let's move back to, to breakups. I think there's just so much breakup etiquette um, that are kind of like unwritten rules. But um, it's important to know. So I guess like how to decide or not how to decide, but how to spot when you're falling out of a relationship and when things are like starting to go south. That's interesting. um, In a way that's beyond repair. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, so let's talk about more recent relationships. So, um, you know, your short term ones that were, you know, more recent. Yeah. Um, and what the indicators were that things were going south and how you tried to fix that and um, what the end result was. Well, I always pride myself in being the most amazing girlfriend. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard for me to see what's going wrong because I'm always trying my hardest to make a shitty situation work, even if it's, you know, even if it's practically bad. And logically, I know we probably won't be together. Right. Um, what the guy I dated for a month uh, the introverted extroverted thing came up a lot and that was mostly like on him as well he thought it was a major issue I didn't really I don't like thinking one person's introverted and one person's extroverted we're right. all a balance of both right it's so black and white when you put it that way I know but he put it in the way that he's an introvert and I'm an extrovert and like blah blah, blah. and I read this book called quiet which is about introverts and being in a relationship with them when you're an extrovert and oh my I God, look at you doing research trying to learn trying to adapt right okay, continue yeah no I I really did and like I like I was also very aware of his feelings and I was like okay like we can trade off like you come to this event for like two hours and then you don't have to come to this other event and it was very much like like I was working with him with his issues but there were there were bigger issues I guess so, um, so question so how long into you guys okay two questions actually how long into you guys um meeting and going on your first date did you end up being in an official relationship Mm-hmm. And then how far out from official relationship start date did these issues start to become really like tangible? Um, we DTR'd when to find the relationship. If you don't already know, <laughs> if you're a millennial, you don't know that. <laughs> um, we DTR'd two weeks after we matched on Tinder okay. and he lived really close to me. So it was, we would see each other like, every other day and like our dates were kind of scrunched together a lot so it kind of made you feel more close than um 
been dating, I guess, with like, oh, you see them once or twice a week. Like we saw each other a lot. We like stayed over each other's places. And at the point we actually were in an argument. We had like a big fight that night. And the question is, do we break up or do we like not break up? And my problem was he was treating me like his girlfriend to his friends. And, you know, he don't, you don't get to like get all those perks without calling me your girlfriend. Yeah. You know, like, um, and I wasn't fishing to be in a relationship. I did not want to be in a relationship. You know, it was really soon, two weeks after he dated someone, he, it would be the first relationship, real relationship I had after I broke up with like my three and a half year boyfriend. So I was in no rush to like get back into that and put someone else first because that's tiring too. It is. Um, <clears throat> but it was two weeks. And then what was the second question? When did the problems arise? Yeah. Uh, I guess. So, so the DTR conversation was kind of the first one, but then like the introvert extrovert issue, like how long after you DTR'd did those kind of become, you know, I mean, serious? they were, they were there from like the moment we defined a relationship because the, I remember the argument we were having was over, you know, I was having a party and I just went down to Brooklyn to meet his friends who were visiting from out of town and he couldn't come to like my own house party that I was throwing um, oh, to meet all annoying. my friends. And I was, I was like, how do I not take that personally? Yeah, like yeah. I just did this like big thing for you. I took a fucking train all the way down to Brooklyn, went by myself. I'm asking you to come less than two miles down the road to come to my house. Right. Which he's been to before. It's familiar territory. Right. It's not like a new place where he's just like completely yeah. thrown to the wolves. Then again, he's an extrovert and it's a lot of people who an introvert. Um, and there's a lot of people he would have never met before. So I got it, but also this is like super important to me and you could have been there. And a lot, that just was a reoccurring issue where it was like, I had an event that I, and you know me, I'm like a social person. I have a big friend group and no matter what, there's going to be a family event, a weekend, there's going to be someone's birthday. There's going to be some sort of like, there's a holiday once a month in America. Like there's yeah. always something going on. So it's, it, it's such a big part when you can't join your significant other's social life. So yeah, that was kind of a big issue for me. Like, if you weren't like down to hang and like come be my plus one, all these like events I had. Right, right. Yeah, that was important. Yeah. So interesting. I um. So the first guy that I dated after my long term relationship, we actually had a similar issue, and it was not an introvert extrovert issue. He was like more extroverted than me, mm -hmm. um, even. But um. Same situation where he, like, we hung out with his friends all the time, but he never came to hang out with my friends. Um, and so I had met at least, like, at least four or five of his, like, closest friends, either through, like, coming to, he was a musician, so I went to his shows, met his friends there, um, met his friend's girlfriends, and, like, you know, kind of knew his whole group um, before he had even met, like, my best friends yeah so and then the when he was finally supposed to meet everyone was at my housewarming party um like a month after we started seeing each other and he got cold feet because of having to meet my friends and broke up with me that day I mean that's super fucking yeah harsh. yeah I that's that party that's the um and it was so <laughs> low-key it was like it was super six or seven of my close friends like not even that many yeah just for drinks at my place and going out but he like so didn't want to meet my friends for whatever reason. I guess it was just like, you know, because that makes it official. That makes it like he was 
kind of on the fence about like the whole commitment thing to begin with. And it took us um, a couple weeks of talking through it before he would like call me his girlfriend. Um, so I guess like meeting my friends and, you know, being my boyfriend at my housewarming party was kind of the final step of commitment that he just wasn't able to make. So where does it, I'm curious to see where meeting the friends lands on the relationship scale. So would you prefer if you're dating someone to have the label before you introduce them to your friends? Cause I feel like it's super casual to like say, here's a guy I'm dating and like, whatever, you don't need the label to meet your friends, but I guess how long do you wait? to introduce the person you're dating to your friends. Cause in my experience, it's not very long. Same. So I think like going out on one-on-one dates, like maybe for your first, like what, like two to four dates is fine. Mm. But then after that, it's like, there's only so many times you can have dinner one-on-one um, with a person before you're like, Hey, like, let's like go interact with other people. Like let's go out with one of our friend groups. Like, you know, and you want to do something social and you want them to like, kind of like experience you in the lens of like your normal life and like right. something that you would normally do. Um, so that's, yeah, I think that that's important and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you don't have to be official when they, when they meet your friends, but there needs to be an understanding that you're at least like dating right. kind of consistently. And also it's super important. I feel like even more before you put the label on it to meet your friends, I mean, they're like me, have them meet your friends and then get your friends feedback on them because it's really important what your friends think. I mean, everyone kind of wants their boyfriend to be liked by their friends or their girlfriend to be liked by their friends. Like, I mean, in the ideal situation, we would all be best friends, which almost never happens. Yeah. But it's important to get, you know, their feedback. But that being said, I've met a lot of my friends' girlfriends recently and yeah, I mean, you just have to lie if you don't like them. Like, sometimes they don't even care if you like them. Right, right. I think guys, like, care less about what their friends think about the person they're dating Yeah, than girls do. But, like... Unless there's, like, a glaring red flag. Like, unless, like, the person that your friend is dating is, like, rude or really weird or, like, something is, like, very, very off, I think... Okay, I gotta call can... bullshit right now because when I dated... You know, when I dated... My um, your second? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I fucking hated that motherfucker from the get-go. <laughs> you and our friend... <laughs> oh, I'm gonna write it down. Oh, yeah, 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 we both, we... Right, our, one, of, one of our mutual friends... Um, uh, sorry, I'm just gonna... Audio preference. Uh, one of our mutual friends uh, met... Uh, and, and you met by the guy I was dating at the time and you both didn't like him but I never really heard the and neither did my family I never heard any of this really until we broke up no we were good friends and talked about it behind your back (laughs) (laughs) so like can you even get an honest opinion from your friends Um, you were my two best friends but but I did express to you that I thought he was rude the first time I met him yeah when he he, insulted your school yeah I thought that was rude yeah he was talking shit about my school and you have a sibling that also goes to that school so it was like you're at a family function of your girlfriend right now talking shit about the school that her sibling and her, like, best friend both went to or yeah. slash currently go to. So uh, that's that's a no-no. Don't come around the family and think that you're already close enough to be able to insult something about yeah. them. Um, but, yeah. yeah, no, I think that I expressed that I was put off by that. 
um, I just, I, I don't know, maybe it was love, but I just didn't see it. I didn't see what <laughs> everyone else saw, you know, and yeah. see, like, and that probably makes, it makes you think the people that, you know, you can have criticisms about your friend's girlfriends or your friend's boyfriends, but, like, they probably don't see them. And they probably don't care enough to oh, break yeah. up with them. Yeah. So, it should, doesn't even fucking matter, I guess. Yeah. I mean, my long-term relationship, like, tw- after the, what, first breakup, I think all my friends hated him. But, like, I just, we continued dating. But... That's unfair. I've always hated him. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, after after the first one specifically, like, any friends that liked him in the beginning then just, like, would not give him a second chance and just hated him, which was fair, completely justified. Mm. Um, but it did make things difficult because then it's, like, I wouldn't want to invite him to come hang out with, like, my friends because I know that, like, they fucking hate his guts. Um, So it just, it makes things difficult. So I guess all in all, like if the person is okay and there isn't anything like specific to hate them about, then like, and your friends are fine with him and that's good. Mm. Um, And it's not really, I guess it doesn't really like, I guess you're never going to know the truth, really. <laughs> it's either you get married or you break up and then your friends really tell you what they feel like. Or that you get married and they get divorced and then your friends really tell them. I think, as long, as, I think as long as your friends have a neutral to good opinion on the person, then you're in the clear. They don't need to love yeah. them. Yeah. But as long as they don't hate them, yeah, then it's like, you know, proceed. Mm-hmm. You've got their blessing in a way. That's true. Um, the first boyfriend I had, I actually became friends with his friend group I already kind of was and it was a group of guys and we broke up and I was a better friend to those shared group of guys than he was at this time and it was hard for me to like think that they weren't being that they genuinely want to be my friend or I was just like always around so eventually I actually like started I I would like not text them in the last like two days or not even a day and look like what are you doing do you want to get coffee are you coming to this later so I think if you're kind of there's definitely that merge of friend groups I think we definitely have to talk about that when you're dating someone let's say you are so deep in the friend group like you especially I think if you're in a long-term relationship and you have shared friends from college what do you do you know like does yeah, somebody who gets custody of the friends. <laughs> right. Like, does somebody kicked out, get kicked out? Do you just have to put up with each other for the rest of your life? Which is basically what I, that's the category I'm in right now. Yeah. So, which is fine. You know, like we have, we're not friends anymore, which is sad, but we see each other at least once a month through shared friend group activities. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of those, it's that thing where it's like, I'm going to be at your wedding. You're going to be at my wedding. We're just always going to, you know, have the same friends. Like, none of us are leaving or dying anytime soon. Right, right. And I think it's very platonic and good, but, like, it's hard. I think it's super hard when you just break up with them. You have to – you want to see your friends, and that's usually your escape to, you know, forgetting about a shitty situation. And then you can't escape because then you see your ex-boyfriend or your ex-girlfriend in your friend group. Like, that's really... I'm not sure if this ever happened to you, but, like, I I think it's, like, a really big problem. I'm actually trying to, like, mentally reference and find out. So my situation with, like, I guess what you could call mutual friends um, was more, like, me becoming good friends with, like, one of my boyfriend's close friend's girlfriends or something like that. And then, like, after the breakup, like, me still wanting to be friends with, like, the girlfriend and... Does that fly or no? No, so he, oh my god, total no-fly zone. He, anytime I would, like, talk with 
any of his like, you know, friends, girlfriends or anything like that, it would get back to him. And then he'd send me angry texts, like stop trying to be friends with my friends. And, um, I think that's a really petty way to go about it. So not recommending that you take that route. Um, yeah, because you also like, they weren't his property. And these were like girls that I, you know, saw regularly, like right. for years. Yeah. So it was like, it was weird when we broke up and then suddenly like there was that divide and it was like, these are my friends and these are yours. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for advice for people who have to share a friend group, um, if your friends, it really, I guess, again, it depends on your shitty friends or choice of shitty people you surround yourself with. Yeah. Um, because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's, if it's up to them to both have you in or like not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a friend who's kind of going through a similar situation yeah, right now. This is all I can only think about her this whole time. Um, <laughs> Where um, she dated someone again, like long term relationship from college. They kind of broke up. I don't know. They're in that weird stage where yeah. you're talking but not talking. Um, and then they share a friend group, a friend group that I'm part of, that you're part of, and it's um, it's hard because you can't really. Again, you want to share everything with your friends. You want to share dates, shitty dates, good dates, that person you slept with, you know, like messy hookups, going to a party, meeting someone on a night out. You suddenly can't do all these things because your ex-boyfriend's right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and you're afraid that, like, it may get back to him because everyone's friends. Like, yeah, he's, like, five feet away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, in that situation, I don't even know what advice I would give because every – I mean, in mine – my friends uh, who were guys, you know, they still wanted me to be their friend and like that true friendship of acceptance. And I don't think in this situation, well, in her situation, either of them are going anywhere, you know? Yeah, I agree. So it's about really like, I think not giving in, like not giving a shit. You get to a point where you like don't care about that person anymore. And it, it's a lot, it happens a lot slower when you see them that often, Yeah, but it eventually does happen where you don't care if you see them without any makeup on. You don't care if like a story gets back to them because you genuinely don't care what they, you know, they have to say yeah. or think about. I think, yeah, I feel like the best advice in that situation is just, Honestly, like, move on. Throw yourself into it. Throw yourself back into dating. Yeah. Um, and I, I I hate to sound crass, but find someone new to obsess over. No, it's um, true. And, I mean, that's so true. And I have a really – I'm not good with breakups. You know, it just – I don't think anyone's good with breakups. But if I give myself the chance to, like, obsess over it, I will. That's the point where you get on your apps, start planning dates, be proactive, occupy yourself, and right. um, and you you're, know just move on because you're gonna find someone else. For so long, I never thought I was gonna find someone else who was gonna love me as much as my ex boyfriend. My God, I still have that thought sometimes. Like, like no one in the entire world will ever love all my imperfections and like love yeah. all my stupidness more than that person. That probably is true right now. I probably, I definitely haven't found someone who like unconditionally loves me that way anymore, but it's out there. It's like possible to love again. It's possible to have orgasms again. Guys, it's all possible. The latter is definitely possible. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest. <laughs> Good sex and someone who will go on a date and eat sushi with you yeah. are all on the horizon. Ugh. Just got to keep looking. All right. So did we have anything else for breakup etiquette? Um, oh, my God. Okay. So I guess, like, we may have, like, sort of touched on this, but when you break up, like, knowing when to, like, 
end lines of communication. Oh, we have talked about this. That's so important. So um, So I recently, like, I can't even say I was dating the person. Like, I was interested. We were sleeping together. Um, but he very much was friend zoning me, which I am not used to. So I did not see the signs of and <laughs> did not see it coming at all. Um, but he wanted to stay friends after we had the conversation where I was like, what is this? Are we just friends? You called us friends the other night at dinner and I was like ready to kill myself. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'm not ready for anything right now, but I would love to be friends. I enjoy your company and everything. Like friends with benefits? And I, he said strictly friends. He's fuck? like, even if that means us being strictly friends from now on, I would still like to do that because I don't want to not see you again. I'm sorry. We're 24. And like Drake said, no new friends. Yeah. I don't need any more fucking friends. Like I'm trying to date you. (laughs) Um, So that was hard for me because I enjoyed his company too. I, you know, I I live in Brooklyn. It's not where I grew up. So I have some close friends, but like, I wouldn't mind someone to call and be like, Hey, want to get dinner tonight? You know, someone who lives like a couple stops away from me. um, That's convenient to just hit up to like hang out with, but that's messy territory to get into. You don't want to keep, being friends with someone that a relationship didn't work out with um, because there's always going to be expectations there. Like there's always going to be that Mm. past history in the back of your mind and, you know, that kind of like sexual tension that never fully dies because you're still hanging out. And one of you in this case would have been me is always thinking, you know, maybe they'll fall for me in the end. Mm. So I would say it's better off to just, know when it's dead and just let it let it die right Um, so can you be friends with your ex overall answer no no i really don't think so hmm i think i think i mean it's like that when harry met sally question right it's like either can guys and girls be best friends can you ever be best friends with an ex like uh guys and girls can be best friends first of all that movie is wrong second of all uh can you be friends with your ex i don't think so like never a true friend never like an or or, i don't know at least in my experience of living 24 years that's not a lot of time but it is in a lot of sense that i look at everyone i've ever dated and there's always going to be that tension and i think about maybe the tension's not on my side but then i think it's on their side you know they're wishing for something more to happen and it's unfair on them and I would feel weird talking about guys and dating with anyone I've ever dated you know we're like that's so big that's such a big part of my life like the singleness the going out there the like going on dates so much so we had to make a podcast for it yeah (laughs) so many stories but if I can't share that big essential part of me with you like because I'm worried about your feelings or, you know. Right, then, then we're not really friends. Yeah. And do I want to hear about you, you know, hooking out with some fucking manic pixie dream girl? Fuck oh no. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's tough. I mean, I think that there are some cases where, you know, either something didn't get really serious and you just realized it didn't work out. And then after enough time, you can be friends. Um, so the first guy I dated after my ex, like, we still, like we still chat on social media once in a while. He like replies to my Instagram stories and just like, honestly, like he's almost like a gay best friend in the corner, just like boosting my ego constantly. Like, yes, girl slay. And I'm like, (laughs) are you really straight? Or is this why we didn't work out? Um, But I don't know. I think that there's the potential, but more often than not, it's just messy. And 
like you know who your friends are at this point hopefully and it doesn't necessarily you don't need one to be a person no. that you dated that you still have weird baggage with no and I mean there's nothing wrong with like I'm I guess with the guy I dated for three and a half years I would say we are friends you know we still like you know chat sometimes it used to be way more often and I felt I broke up with him and I felt bad um, and I wanted him to like transition out. So, but it, it, it got to the point where once we started talking, we would talk for like a day or two days and, you know, um, it just wasn't really healthy. So I had to draw the line and be like, okay, we can't talk anymore because it's not, you're like, you're never going to move on if we're not, if we keep talking, you know, like yeah. that curse in the back of your mind. So, <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't think you should really go cold turkey, but in the whole essence of knowing when you're not wanted, <sighs> like, girls, take a fucking hint. Like, I wish I could, like, say, I, I guess I am recording this for myself and also <laughs> other people, but, like, God, if, like, you know that movie, He's Just Not That Into You? Yeah. That really, that mm-hmm. really struck a chord with me. Yeah. You know, I know the entire thing was, like, uh, hypocritical because at the end, like, they were all the exception of the rule yep. for the most part, but... If you haven't seen the movie, it's basically that if he's not texting you, he's not into you. If he's not sleeping with you, he's not into you. You know, if he's not, like, calling you, he's not into you. And it's so simple. And it's it's true, you know. At the very core of it, guys are not that complicated. And I also believe in, yeah, if you should not wait for him to text you before, you know, like, you can text them first and all these, like, feminist things. But... But like, at the end of the day, if a guy wants something, he's going to make it happen. Right. Like, and, and that's a really, that's a thing I have to always keep in mind. Like, when I find a guy on Tinder or on another app and we're talking, but things aren't really getting to the next level and I feel like I'm making all the moves, um, I have to remind myself, like, if he really cared and really wanted to go out with me, like, he'd be doing it. Right. You know? He'd be asking me out, he'd be making the moves, and things would be happening. Yeah. So I can't keep going 90 percent and waiting for him to meet me the other 10 yeah it's true and it, it's like shitty because it, it hurts to even like say that that's the truth of the matter i feel like so patriarchal as well but like it's it, if they're the simpler sex then like that's that's pretty much it right yeah. like they're not into you so there's so many guys I've dated, not even, like, boyfriend status, but, like, hookup that could have been a boyfriend that, like, I pushed it too far or I wanted, you know, more. He wanted something else. I just wasn't listening to the signs, you know? I think a lot of it is, like, breathing room, too. And, um, yeah, especially after a breakup, that's what you you need, the clarity. I was so offended when my, one of my boyfriends, the one I dated for a month, broke up with me and he said that he broke up with me and then he told me that he needed space. And I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I need, his exact words were, I need space to uh, disassociate myself from you. Like, un- like unwind. Wow. Whatever. That's like um, harsh. That's a harsh way to put it. To disassociate myself from you. I'm sorry, I don't want to make you feel worse about it than you probably already do. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I felt shitty because it's like, if anyone should be feeling that way, it's me towards you. So, like, but it, there, it, there is that. Then I, then I broke. Then I, me and someone else broke up in my next relationship right after that one, and I was the one who said, "I need space." Yeah, because he wanted to talk after you know, like as friends, which we now some discussing though is kind of impossible. Right, but you still want to talk as friends without like the hooking up or like without the dating or without that like you know feelings. And I was like, I can't 
you can't have both. I can't disassociate both with you. And you just don't deserve both. Yeah. So I was like, for me, it was like, I need space for me to disassociate myself from you. So yeah. I was suddenly put in the position where like my ex-boyfriend was put in. Where it was like sometimes that person's so part of your life that you like need space to be alone, which is totally fine. I think. Yeah. And that's after healthy. a breakup, that's, that's what. Every, yeah, yeah, that's part of the healing process. I mean, you can't just think that you can indefinitely keep like having, you know, comfortable, familiar chat with someone, and that those feelings are just going to organically go away. Right. You have to like give yourself some tough love and say like, even if you have to be the person that draws the boundaries, you know, it it's better in the long run. I know that now looking back. <laughs> I've grown. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess next steps are, you know, go through that breakup if you need to. If things aren't working out, just and if he doesn't seem that into you, you know, let it let it end. Um, cut the lines of communication and move on. Get back on your apps. Start swiping again and throw yourself back into it. Yeah. Um, and as mentioned before, the best way to get over someone is sometimes to get under someone else. Yeah, it's true. And um. Anyone in a long-term relationship who maybe is still in one, um, you just graduated college, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah. But in reality, it's hard for two people to grow at the same rate. So that sounds depressing. I don't want to be, like, pessimistic and raining on your, you know, love parade, but... But just understand that these things happen and that there are options and that you will move on and move forward. So don't stick with something just because it's comfortable and just because it's what you know. Right. I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. And we're here. As I feel like this is a somber episode compared to our first one, but we talked about some real issues. That these are real things. Yeah. We talked about our exes a lot. Which yeah. Is sobering. Cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, make sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter. Yes. We have a Twitter now. It's brand new. We're so excited. Um, yeah. Follow us to get our follower count up, please. And, and when we get more followers, um, we're going to do like polls and we're going to ask you guys live, live things, live, live questions. And we're going to do giveaways and like all the other fun stuff. So, yeah. Uh, follow us to get that, to get the ball rolling on that. Um, yeah. Not your girlfriend's podcast or Not something. your podcast. Podcast. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll share the link too in the bio. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.